0: Hey, church family, it is really good for us to be together today. You know, one of the things that makes the show This Is Us so powerful is the real and heart-touching way that they deal with the subject of grief and loss. And this morning, we want to do the same thing. I want to encourage you to open up your program and take out the outline for this morning's message It's a light-colored sheet. All the verses from the Bible that we'll be looking at today are printed there for you, and there's a place to take some notes if that is helpful for you. Now, what you just saw in that video, and if you follow the show, all throughout the show, they share with us the lasting impact of grief and loss, as well as the struggle of, of how do you go on? How do you face the future when your heart takes such a huge hit? And I want to tell you this morning, this is more This is more than just a message to me. You know, this year I had to walk through the loss of my dad. And I'm still fighting to figure out how it's affecting me and how to walk through the grieving process with, you know, authentic grief. And as your pastor, at the same time, I can't help. I mean, I, I, I love you. And I can't help but think of so many of you, as I know you're dealing with, with loss and grief. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you have lost some uh, work or a home or a loved one or your health. So many times when you go through a loss like that, it brings up the overwhelming emotions that always get attached to the God element, right? Right? I mean, when you face huge loss, God is always a part of that, and you always connect it to, like, God, it's not fair. God, it's not right. God, why did you allow this to happen? And I want to tell you, if you have ever felt that way, you're not alone. In fact, in the Bible, I want you to see what it says in Ecclesiastes 8.14, where the writer said these words, Sometimes something useless happens on earth. Bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. Now, I want to tell you, I I sincerely believe that there really are some actual answers and real reasons why bad things happen. But that's not what what I want to focus on today, because when you've experienced a significant loss, more than you need logic, more than you need reasons why, We need to know, what do I do now? What do I do now? How do I recover? How do I face the future? How can I have hope? And I want to say, if you're here today and you're trying to deal with a significant life loss, as your pastor, I do not take your loss lightly. In fact, I want to pray for you this morning, and this is my prayer comes right out of the Bible from Romans 15, 13. Here's my prayer. It goes like this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of his Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for every precious person who is here today and especially those who are going through grief and loss lord because god to be honest sometimes when we take those hits we feel so devastated and discouraged and mad there are times father when we get mad at life and mad at the loss and to be honest god even mad at you But deeper than the hurt, Lord, there's something inside of us that just wants to humbly say, we need you, God. We need your strength, we need your comfort, and we need your hope. And I pray that you would bring that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, can I tell you firsthand, I know that when you go through grief and loss, what you really need most is you need to find your hope, your H-O-P-E. Because a lot of times we ask, well, what do I do now? How do I walk through it? How do I handle it? Well, you handle it with H-O-P-E. The H, would you write this down, is simply this. If you want to walk through your grief and loss, I encourage you to hurt but to hurt with God, to hurt with God. You know, as your pastor, I've watched, choose, I've watched people choose to handle grief in all kinds of ways. Kind of reminds me, of kind of a heavy topic, let me lighten it a little bit, because it reminds me of the story, he, he chose to handle his grief, he went to the bar, and he is sitting at the bar, He's sitting at the counter, he had a shot glass of whiskey in front of him. And he just sat there staring at that shot glass for about half an hour until the local bar bully walks up. He grabs a shot glass, drinks it down, slams it on the bar and says, What do you think of that, little man? What are you going to do? And the guy who's just sitting there staring at the shot glass, he just starts crying. Well, that bar bully, he just goes, Oh, man, dude, don't cry. I'm just messing with you. I'll buy you a drink. I can't stand to see a grown man cry. And the guy who's crying, he says, he said, Mr., you don't get it. You don't get it at all. This is the worst day of my life. I go into work today. I find out that I got fired. And then I go to leave work. I find out my car got repossessed. And then I look down on my phone. I have a text from my wife who said she's leaving me for another man. He said, so I come to this bar, and I finally get up enough courage to take my own life, and then you show up and drink my poison. Okay, okay, a little, little humor here. But I want you to know I told you that joke because this man in the bar, he's handling his hurt by, by drinking and thinking of suicide. Friends, I wonder how you will handle your hurts, your losses. Friends, this is what I know. When you face a significant loss, The reality is, it hurts. I don't care how how tough you are. A big loss always produces big hurt. Pain and anger and fear and depression and worry and and sometimes guilt. And here's what I'm trying to say. When the hurt comes, man, don't numb out. Don't self-medicate. Don't pretend. Don't try to cover it up and escape. Don't try to numb yourself or, or stuff it down because we know stuffing's for turkeys, right? I want you to pay attention what Christian psychologist Gary Collins says on your outline when he says these words. Covering up or repressing your grief is not a sign of spirituality, but of unhealthy denial. And it's a choice that often leads to long-term depression. Friends, what I'm telling you is when I say hurt with God, can I tell you Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5, 4 in your outline. Jesus said, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Would you underline the phrase, God blesses those who mourn? That means when you're dealing with a big loss or a hurt, It says, if you will hurt with God, like if you'll look to God and cry out to God for help and let God carry you through, the Bible says that God will bless you. God will help you. God can even bring good out of it if you let him hurt with God. Can I tell you that as a pastor in a church this size, there's not a single week that goes by that someone's not dealing with some real life loss. And every time, friends, when you get to that point, it always brings you to a crossroads. When you're going through grief and loss, you always come to a crossroads where you're going to have to decide which road you're going to go down. You're going to go down one of two roads. The first road is a road where you are so hurt and so frustrated and so devastated that you push God away and you blame him for the loss and you try to deal with it all by yourself. That's the first road. The second road, the person has the exact same emotions. They're hurt, they're frustrated, they're devastated. But instead of pushing God away, they say, God, I can't get through it by myself. It's too hard. God, I need you. God, please help me and carry me and pull me out of this dark place because I can't do it alone. They are the ones who cling to God and who hurt with him. And friends, please listen to me. I've been doing this for over 35 years, and I know exactly where each road leads to. The first road, when you push God away and blame Him, that road always leads to a dark, lonely place of isolation and depression and escapism, where you try to numb the pain with drugs or alcohol or overeating or affairs or shopping or whatever. And friends, if you continue down this road without God, Man, it's like you're going to have this dark cloud over your head that will rob you. And even the later down that road, even the moments of life that should bring you joy and happiness, that dark cloud, it always colors and shadows and flavors everything by that loss. That's the first road. Friends, listen to me. You don't want to take that road. Let me tell you about the second road. When you go down the road with God and you hurt with God... It's not an easy road, and it's not a short road, but I'll tell you, over time, God does bring healing and help, and many times even a sense of delayed gratitude for what God did through or in spite of the loss. And if you hope to overcome the hurts in your life, this is what I'm telling you. Choose this road. Hurt with God. Do what it says in Psalm 62, 8 on your outline. It says, pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. That's the right starting point for finding your hope again. Start with God. Hurt with God. Cry out to God. God, this sucks. God, I'm so devastated and broken and struggling and mad. And God, I need you. And God, please show up. And when you start with God and hurt with God, here's the promise. Psalm 34 18 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Friends, you hurt with God, he'll keep you close. He'll carry you through. He'll save you. That's the H in hope, hurt with God. The O, it's really hard, but this is what I'm going to tell you. Here's what you do when you're grieving and in loss. You open up to others you open up to others now i can't say for you for me it's not an easy thing to do when i'm in grief and loss and i get a little discouraged the last thing i want to do is let others in part of that is i don't want to be a burden to other people but i want you to think of it this way when you're going through a heavy loss it's like carrying a heavy load right and god never intended for you to do the heavy lifting by yourself As I want you to think of this way, a lot of us try, I'm curious, how many of you guys have ever tried to move a big couch or a big piece of furniture all by yourself? How many of you try? Even when your wife is begging you, please let someone help you. For some reason, we try to do it alone and go it alone. But friends, can I tell you, God doesn't want us to live that way. Do you know when you have some faithful friends who come alongside and help carry the load, it always goes easier. And I've said so many times, God made you in such a way, not only do, you, do we need God, we need each other. And that's why God gave us the church to, to be family together. That's why we have our loss of spouse class coming up on Saturday, October 27th. And I want to say, if you've lost a spouse or you know someone who has lost a spouse, you get them to come to this class And you help them carry that load. That's why we have our Grief Share Life group that meets here every Wednesday night at 6.30. And can I say, for those of you who are not in a season of loss and grief right now, I want to be a little preemptive with you. And I want to tell you, get in a group. Get in a group now. Get on a ministry team now. Get connected to the church now before your time of loss comes. Because, friends, it's coming. The late Reverend Billy Graham said it this way. He said, grief is certainly something most of us will experience at some time in life. When death separates us from someone we love, there is a time when we think no one has suffered as we have, but grief is what? It's universal. It's universal. Friends, if you need help finding a group, just write on your communication card, help me find a group, and we will. Or go out to the lobby at the Welcome Center, say, help me get connected to a group, and we will. We will help you. That's why we're here as a church together. This, now, let me explain why opening up to others in your time of grief is so important. Let me explain it this way. How many of you uh, are familiar with the famous poem called Footprints? Do you remember that one? Man, Footprints, it goes like this. Uh, I had a dream, I was walking along the beach, I was walking with the Lord, there are two sets of footprints, but then I noticed during the deepest and darkest seasons of my life there was only one set of footprints, so I said, Lord, why in the hardest times of my life, why did you leave me? And then the Lord says, my child, I have never left you. In those dark seasons, that's when what? That's when I carried you. Footprints, right? Makes for a beautiful bathroom plaque. You know, you put it up in your bathroom really nice. But can I tell you, that's not what the Bible says. Because here's how the Bible explains that story. Lord, I noticed when I was walking through the deepest, darkest seasons of my life, I looked back and there were four and five sets of footprints. And that's when the Lord said, my child, that's when I carried you through the love and concern and help of all my people who came alongside. That's what the Bible says. Check it out on your outline. Galatians 6.2 says it this way. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will what? Fulfill the law of Christ. See, Jesus wants, for those of us who are not in a season of loss and grief right now, what he wants us to do is obey him and follow him, by looking for other people to help carry and friends you know when you live that way here's the result it results in hope and blessing for you when you open up and for the one that's helping you also it's so funny this morning it just hit me I went out to our Hayward campus real early to to help them set up and we're setting up and there's this lady named Maria Weston and that lady, she serves, she's there 6.30 every Sunday morning helping set up the church and the children's ministry. And then she teaches those kids. And I looked at her, I'm helping her set up her class, and I said, Maria, I just got to tell you, man, you're one of my heroes. Man, you serve so fast. And she said, no, 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 wait, pastor. She said, I'm the one who gets blessed by doing this. I'm the one who's blessed. I said, but yeah, but you serve and you love these kids. You're such a blessing to God and these kids in the church. She said, no. She said, I can't even imagine what my life would be like without doing this. It blesses me so much. Do you know what she's saying? She's saying the exact same thing that Hebrews twelve fifteen says. It says, look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. Here's what I'm saying. If you're in a season of loss and grief, open up to others. Man, they'll help you carry the load. It will bless you. It will lighten your load. It will carry you through. And in doing that, the person who's helping you, they'll look back and say, no, no, no. It was my joy. It was my, it was my blessing to walk with you through this season. It's like a double blessing. So here's how it works. When you walk through grief and loss, man, hurt with God, open up to others, and then the P, would you write this down? If you want to find hope, you have to prioritize your soul. Prioritize your soul. Now, one of the ways that we're encouraging you ladies to do that is by going to the Choose Joy Women's Conference. It's on Friday night, Saturday morning on November 9th and 10th. You can get some more information and sign up in the lobby. And ladies, we really want to encourage you Man, prioritize your soul. Now, can I, I? I was thinking about this for me personally. Because I was looking back at the loss of my dad. Do you know when you lose a loved one? Man, it has a way of just refining, and bringing you back to what really matters most. Back in January, my dad called me late at night, and I man, he sounded really bad. And my dad said, you know, son, I'm, I'm not doing good. I'm struggling to breathe. I don't know what to do. I said, dad, go to the hospital. <laughs> well, how am I going to get to that? Dad, ask Jimmy, my brother who lives there. Dad, ask Jimmy to take you to the hospital. I don't want to ask Jimmy. I'm mad at him. <sighs> okay, well, dad, if you don't want Jimmy to take you, call 911. Well, I don't want to pay. You have to pay 100 bucks if the ambulance comes. Dad. Finally, my brother, he just called 911. They came. They took my dad to the hospital. He lives out in Fresno. And um, so, you know, I drive out to Fresno to see my dad in the hospital. And uh, while I'm visiting with my dad, you know, he's struggling to breathe. They're they're working on him. A nurse comes in. She says, "Uh, the doctor wants to meet with you and your brother. And so they take us into the side room, and the doctor comes in. He says, hey, Mr. McGovern, he said, your dad has been in the emergency room 12 times in the last three months. He said, I need to tell you that uh, his condition is he has congenitive heart failure, severe diabetes, and lung cancer. He said, your dad is not going to recover. And so I had to go from that meeting And share with my dad that we were putting him on hospice. And can I tell you, it was a tough and touching conversation. And just like the video, holding my dad's face and saying, Dad, you know, now your main job, Dad, is to get ready to go home to heaven. Can I tell you, beloved church family, your main job is to get ready to go home to heaven to prioritize your soul you know solomon the wisest man who ever lived said it this way in ecclesiastes 7:2 he said better to spend your time at funerals than at parties after all everyone dies so the living should take this to heart friends can i ask you are you ready is your soul right with God? Please don't leave here today without making things right with Jesus. I think if you're in a season of loss right now, can it, it can become one of the most precious and important times in your whole life. Your faith is never more real. It's never more raw. It's never more precious than when you have to hang on to God like never before. And believe that God is working in spite of the loss. And that God, listen to me, God can even bring some miracles out of the mess. Reminds me of the story this little girl. She, she'd go over to visit her grandma. And she'd always sit on the floor of the couch. She'd sit on the floor while her grandma sat at the couch. Her grandma would do cross-stitch needlepoint. And the girl would sit on the floor at her grandma's feet. And she'd always look up. But from underneath, when you look at cross stitch, it always like strings and yarns hanging. It looks so messy. From her perspective, it just looked like a huge mess. But after a while, she'd get tired of sitting on the floor. And so she'd get up and she'd get on the couch and she'd crawl up on Grandma's lap. And when she saw the cross stitch from Grandma's perspective, man, it was a work of art, it was a thing of beauty. And she learned to trust that, hey, even when it looks messy from down here, when I crawl up on grandma's lap, she learned to trust grandma knows what she's doing. And she is making something really good. Can I tell you, when you're in your season of loss, and from your perspective, you're looking up towards heaven, and it looks like a mess, that's your time to crawl up onto God's lap. And say, God, help me to see things from your perspective. Help me to trust that you are do- doing something really good. And here's the promise. I want you to see it, because here's what the Bible promises us. In Romans 8, 28 and 29, it says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Now, would you underline the phrase, God causes everything to work together for the good. Now, that does not say everything is good. There are some really bad things that happen in this world and in our lives. And God didn't do it. God didn't cause it. It's not God's fault. But the Bible promises us that God is so awesome and so great that he can even bring some good things out of your grief and loss. In fact, can I tell you, I've seen it time and time again. Can I share with you three really good things that I see God bring out of grief and loss? on your outline, the first one, write this down. I've seen God bring salvation out of grief and loss. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10 says this, For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. And there's no regret for that kind of sorrow. Some losses, they lead us to God. Do you know you're sitting here today because our first church member when we started Crossroads 23 years ago, a guy named Daniel, he went through a season of loss. He lost his job. His whole identity was tied up in his work. He got very depressed, but then he opened up his life. He accepted Christ. He started growing in his faith, and he helped us start this church. And what came out of that season of loss? Man, he got saved. And because he got saved, we have a church here today. Salvation. Here's another good thing God brings from loss and grief. Write this down. Strength. Strength of character. Do you know Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. See, God is on a mission. He's working on your life, whether you realize it or not. God is on a mission to make you more like Jesus. Can I tell you that I was thinking about this? You know, think about this with me. Every day, millions of people willfully choose to experience pain. I mean, they choose, they, they choose to experience pain on purpose. Like every day, millions of people after work, they'll go jogging for a few miles. They'll go to the gym and lift weights. Every Tuesday night, there's a group right in here. Man, That they, man, they, they, they break down their bodies so they can prepare for a, a Spartan race. See, people will, will punish themselves physically to get stronger. Well, do you know that you can become a stronger person by going through grief and loss. that's what the Bible tells us. Look at what Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says. It says, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And then the final thing, I, I think one of the best gifts that God can bring through suffering is sensitivity. Sensitivity. You know, one of my dear friends, he's, he's not a part of this church, and I have his full permission uh, to share his story. My dear friend, he, man, he, he got caught up with the wrong woman, and he had an affair, and he got caught cheating on his wife. Man, it it almost cost him his marriage. He went through a whole huge season of pain and loss. But can I tell you, out of that situation, when it looked hopeless, first of all, God saved his marriage. He also, through his moral failure, he also, as he worked through it, he grew in character. But this is what he told me. He said, Paul, before my affair, he said, I have to be honest, I was so arrogant and judgmental of other people. But when I went through this mess up, man, I have so much more grace and compassion and sensitivity for others because this is what I know. And then he shared with me this verse on on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He said, I know God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can what? Comfort others sensitivity friends here's what i'm telling you if you'll if you like walk towards hope like hurt with god open up to others prioritize your soul and then the last the e the e stands for just endure to endure with faith on your outline hebrews chapter 12 tells us this And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. Now, would you underline that phrase, keeping our eyes on Jesus? Do you know one of the ways that we do that here at Crossroads is by taking communion together. It's where we stop and remember, God just didn't look down from the comforts of heaven as you go through your suffering. God actually entered into our suffering by sending Jesus to suffer for us on the cross. And listen to me. If there is anyone who gets it, who knows what it's like to lose a child, God lost his own son so that we could have life. And when we take communion together It's our way of saying we identify with the God who identified with our pain and suffering. When you take communion, you are making a personal and powerful declaration. You are standing and saying, I believe and I belong to the one who gave his body to be broken, that's the bread, and who shed his blood, that's the juice, so that I could be saved. Well, guys, can I tell you this message? On hope today. It's not just for you personally; it's for us as a church family. The truth is, we're as a church family. We need hope because we've been in a season of suffering and loss because of this lawsuit that we're in. If you're a guest with us, I, we. Nothing to hide. We, we felt God called us to build this new worship center. We were in the middle of the project. We discovered we had a dishonest contractor who lied and cheated and did slow and shoddy work, and we had to fire them. And it's led to a very painful, expensive lawsuit that's been hard on the church and hard for, for us moving forward. And I got to tell you, there's part of me that's saying, God, why? God, we've done everything we knew how to to move forward with honesty and integrity, and God, you can step in and fix this in an instant. And I wish I understood why. I wish I understood, like, why it's taking so long, but this is what I do know. I know God is calling us as a church to endure with faith, and I am confident of this, friends, that there will be a day that God will make it right, bring us his victory, and, and until that day, here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to say my prayers. I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to keep trying to love God, love others, and fulfill his purpose for my life. I'm going to do what Psalm 43:5 tells us to do. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. And that's what I want us to do right now as we pray together. Would you pray with me? God, we're asking you to bring the hope, to bring the hope to all of our lives. And God, we promise we're not going to get bitter or resentful or blame you, but we are going to bring our hurt to you and hurt with you. And along the way, we're going we're to love each other and carry each other and be open with one another. And God, we're going to keep you first and our soul first and helping make sure that we're ready and we're helping others get ready for our home in heaven. And until that day, Lord, we promise with your help and your strength and your comfort that we will endure with faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.